Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in statewide television. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me as he does each and every Monday and Tuesday. Basically, thinking the first hour of the show, we did the Montana Basketball Hour, the last one for this basketball season. Talked to Kelvin Sampson, head coach for Houston, and Wayne Tingle, the head coach of Oregon State, and their ties to the great state of Montana. We also talked this flux of transfers into the transfer portal, 36 players and counting from the Big Sky Conference into the NCAA transfer portal. Also gave a little bit of an update on the Lady Grizz head coaching search. For more on the Lady Grizz head coaching search, head on over to SkylineSportsMT.com. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can find it on the podcast. Podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Want to give us a call, shoot us a text. You can certainly do that as well, 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, and that's where we go right now to welcome in the newest Grizz men's basketball commit, Linnell Martin. Linnell Martin Jr., I should say. We don't want to uh, slight his father whatsoever, but Linnell Martin Jr. from Otero Junior College in Colorado, committed to the Grizz last week. Linnell, I know you just got out of practice. How you doing, my man? Thanks so much for jumping on with us. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having us. So let's start at the beginning. You uh, committed to Montana last week, so take us through the recruiting process. When did Montana first land on your radar, and what did you like about the Grizz? Uh, Montana, they reached out to me, I want to say maybe our third game of the season when we were uh, were getting ready to play South Plains down in Texas. And uh, Coach Cobb, one of the assistant coaches, he reached out to me and said that uh, he's watched a few of my clips and that he's been studying my film and... He liked what he saw, and uh, really on the first phone call, he was just trying to get a feel for me. 
uh, it was pretty good. We we talked uh, half the conversation wasn't even about basketball, so I kind of like that. And then after that, um, I suddenly uh, Coach Travis suddenly reached out to me not too long. Didn't, that didn't take too long. And then we just started to build a relationship. They uh, reached out to me every day. They watched my games. They wished me good luck in my games, and they just consistently uh, built a relationship with me, and I, I really like that. And boy, you've been dominating the ranks, Leno, that's for sure. 27 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and just 28 minutes of action in a game just a, a little bit ago. So currently playing great basketball. Tell me, once Coach Cobb reached out to you and then Coach Dakir, what did you know about Montana basketball? Because you're originally from Michigan, of course, and then uh, by way of, of course, in Colorado right now playing JC ball. So what did you know about Montana basketball? And did you know maybe Montana through them playing Michigan in the tournament? a couple of years back as well. So just maybe tell us what you knew about Montana basketball, if anything, once Coach Cobb reached out and made contact the first time. Uh, really, I didn't do, I didn't know much. I, I do remember them playing uh, Michigan in the tournament game, and I, I knew they were, they were in the uh, Big Sky Conference and they have some, a little success in the past, but really that's all I knew at the moment. What were your favorite parts about the things they did tell you about Montana? What, what was the ultimate deciding factor for you wanting to commit to the Grizz? Oh, really? It was just the amount of love they showed during the recruiting process. For a lot of schools that recruit, they uh they press you. Montana, they, they didn't pressure me really at all. It was really just recruiting and um building a relationship. I feel like if I didn't choose Montana, I still feel like that uh, Coach Cobb and Coach Travis would still be happy for me and uh, wish me good luck on wherever the journey I took because that's how good um, a relationship we had built over the time of recruitment. Who else was in the mix for you? Who, who other who, What other schools were recruiting you? Uh, Oral Roberts, Murray State, and uh, Abilene Christian. Those are uh, really my top top four in Boy, Montana. Big-time schools and two that were in the NCAA tournament as well. So uh, definitely a sought-after player talking with Linnell Martin from Otero Junior College in Colorado uh, by way of Flint, Michigan, the newest commit for Grizzly basketball. Very excited to have him on board. And, and you know, Linnell, we, we can read all of these recruiting websites and everyone in between about describing your game, but I love just asking players and asking you right now, how would you best describe your game? What are your strengths and uh, the, what do you like most about your game? Game, just everything in between. Kind of give us a scouting report on yourself a little bit, Linnell. I feel like my uh, this year. I feel like shooting is most definitely my 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 strength, and I feel like uh, this year I've I've got to um, showcase that a little bit more for me playing off ball. A lot of people didn't know this, but uh, before Otero, I was playing on ball. I was playing point guard, so this is really my uh, first year playing off ball. I play a little point guard in the, in the mixture here and there this season, but. Uh, but Coach Crash, he wanted me to play off ball, be more of a scoring threat. And I feel like what also helps my game is um, me having that skills and playing on ball. I'm able to create my own shot, but I also can create shots for other people as well. So getting my teammates involved. Tell us about Flint, Michigan, your hometown. I, I think that Flint, Michigan's uh, famous for two things. Uh, Great basketball players and tough people. So uh, how, how has just growing up there influenced you? I'm sure that you had a lot of basketball idols growing up because there's been a lot of really good players from that neck of the woods that have gone on to, to great heights at both college and, and professionally. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Growing up in Flint is tough. It's, um, but I say one thing, uh, the, Flint, the city of Flint, they, they show a lot of love to the, to the young kids growing up. And uh, fortunately, I was blessed that to come from a basketball family. I had two uncles that played in the NBA. My, I got two. I got a cousin currently in the NBA and um, a few cousins that played uh, Division One basketball. And so growing up around them and uh, watching them, it was 
it was uh, I was I was blessed to have to be around that and see them, see how they worked, and then one more time. Sorry, Liddell, I was going to say now, I mean, that, that's some of the best part about being able to commit and to have so many people uh, with you on your journey. What have the last, you know, 24, 48 hours been like once you've uh, made your decision and hearing from so many people that have been in your corner that are obviously going to root for you, even though you're going to be over a thousand miles away here in Montana. But what has the last maybe day or two been like for you just seeing the overwhelming uh, amount of support uh, for everyone that's been in your corner? Uh, it's, it's, it's been pretty cool, actually. Uh, as soon as I posted my commitment, uh, it was a lot of people showing love back at home and, honestly, people I didn't even know from Montana. So I, I really enjoyed that. It was a lot of people showing love. I got a lot of uh, DMs of people just saying that they're they're happy to have me on the team and the players are also welcoming me welcoming me into the team. And uh, back at home, I got a really good support group. My, um, my family, they're all 10 toes with me. And they support every decision that I make. When is your next time coming to Missoula? I, I, I guess first question: Have you been here before? Are you, or were you only learn about the campus via Zoom and th- things like that? Uh, I have not been to uh, Missoula yet. Uh, the only time I've seen the campus, Coach Cobb, he did a uh, he did a, a few FaceTime calls and uh, he walked all, he walked all around the campus showing me the campus. So in the cold, so <laughs> that was pretty cool. What's your plan as far as, I guess you have to finish out your junior college season. I know you have uh, a game tomorrow, Trinidad State Junior College, and then you guys uh, into the regional tournament, which will then conclude probably next week. But uh, what's what's the plan between now and then? Obviously finish up your games at, at Otero JC, but then uh, when, are you, when are you planning on making your way to Montana? Uh, I talked to uh, Coach briefly about it, not, not very much, about uh, when I should be heading out there. I remember Coach Cobb did mention uh, coming out there a little bit in May, you know, just getting a feel for the campus, uh, a feel for the weight room, and uh, just really getting used to that that part. And um, right now, we're tomorrow's our last conference game, so we if we win tomorrow and uh, Northeastern loses to McCook, then we'll be first place. But Northeastern win, we'll share first place, and then uh, just because they swept us, we'll be second in the uh, conference. So we we'll play we've we'll turned around playing Trinidad State again. And well, really, right now we're focused, really locking in on defense, fixing the mistakes that we made, and uh, trying to win a ring and win out right now. Well, we know one of the the biggest dreams of coming to a Division One school, Linnell, is to play in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, that's going on right now. Uh, how big would of a goal would that be for you to accomplish? And, and how important is that to you to obviously come to a Division One program and be a contributor? But not only that, to be able to win and advance to an NCAA tournament. So, uh, just with all the NCAA tournament stuff going on right now, and and being someone that is obviously chasing a dream and now getting a Division One opportunity, how big of a goal or how big of a priority is that uh, for? you as you make your way here to Montana? Uh, that's a huge priority. You know, I, I'll never be uh, satisfied. I feel like uh, this is something, you know, every kid is, that plays basketball dreamed of since they were little. You know, watching the big March Madness and all the, the crazy things happen. So, and a, a big reason why I chose Montana, I feel like we'd have the out of the schools that I chose, I feel like we have the best chance at making the tournament. You know, Coach mentioned we got yeah, a young team, so we'll be able to grow together and build chemistry, and I feel like we'll be able to make a good run coming down in the late years. Well, Adele, we're excited for you. 
Look forward to meeting you. I know it's been weird because we've hardly even got to talk to the guys in person uh, this last year, so always meeting them on Zoom and things like that. But I appreciate you jumping on with us. Best of luck tomorrow night in your regular season finale. Best of luck as the postseason commences. Best of luck on your travels back to Montana. But we're happy to have you. We'll be happy to have you back in Missoula. And thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Linnell Martin, a combo guard, wing. What combo? He's like a three, basically. He's, but he's going to be able to stretch the floor. He's a great shooter. Uh, he's hit six threes in the game two different times uh, during his junior college season. And uh, he's a guy that, uh, in terms of just his skill set, his body, the fact that he's a two-way player, the fact that he can shoot it, he's a guy that the Grizz need big time. He fits a need. And I think that, I mean, it seems each year, right, the Grizz are searching for that consistent shooting threat from outside, and it really looks like Martin can do that. Um, he fits the build as far as what kind of player they were looking for, and you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, a little bit unique that Montana going the junior college route, but obviously they saw a lot in Leno Martin to want to do that, and obviously a great head on his shoulders, and I think it's cool, and I know that you love this too for what you do with Skyline Sports MT, and here as well, Coulter, but just seeing kids accomplish dreams and, sure. and and from flint michigan obviously you'd imagine maybe not the the best upbringing and then to be able to come and and, and absolutely dominate at the junior college level and get a division one shot that to me is great when it comes full circle and obviously a great head on his shoulders should be a great addition excited to get him up here yeah, i always tell kids uh when they are committing i say i always tell them i'm gonna write two stories about you the story about when you commit and that moment in time and then the next chapter is going to be the last st- story I write about you, and that's either when you graduate or when you quit. And I said, you decide everything in between. You could get two stories written about you, and that's still c- commendable if you make it to the end, or you know, if you decide to go a different direction, it is what it is. Or you could have 100 stories written about you in between that time. Just a matter of how hard you want to work. But I think that that's the biggest transition then for college athletes because I think it is awesome when you achieve this moment. It's a huge deal for you and your family to be able to say that you are going to go to a Division I school and, and likely have your education paid for. It's enormous. It's a huge deal for anybody. Uh, but then I think you have to refocus and because as good as that moment is, now you're at ground zero. you got to start over. you got to write the next chapter yourself. But so often we see it, and that's what makes it so great watching – everybody grow. Riley's got to go. We'll have more news for you on his end because he's actually going to go uh, to a meeting right now with for his real, real job as the voice of the Grizz. And so we'll have more details on all of the, of the things, whether it's uh, the Grizzly Coaches Show or Riley's podcast or his broadcast or whatever it might be. But thanks for stopping by, my man. We appreciate it. We got to get out. Sean Rainey swinging by next, talking National League East. We've previewed three of the divisions. Division number four coming at you hot right here on Nuanas Now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more.
up, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope you have a great one. Listen to Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. Riley Corker had to go get uh, a meeting in. He's planning out what the spring might hold for Grizz football broadcasts and getting some stuff planned, but have no fear. Sean Rainey swinging by to join me, Coulter Nuanez, right here on Nuanez Now. Well, happy now to continue our Major League Baseball Division-by-division previews with Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. He'll be in studio on Wednesday, but right now we go to the Rangish Brothers RV Hotline to welcome in Sean. And last week we did three of these. Now flipping over to the National League East. First of all, Rainey, how you doing, my man? Thanks so much for coming on. I'm doing great. How are you? We got baseball starting this week. It's exciting. I'm ready to roll. You guys got me. I'm not going to lie. We've only been doing this. I only made my... uh, my confession that I was going to get back into baseball because of you and Riley Corcoran. And uh, you guys, it's only been two weeks. I'm already into it, man. I've been, these, these previews have been great. They've been teaching me a lot of stuff. I read my Sports Illustrated baseball preview issue. So, I mean, I'm ready to roll. You, you guys are already working your magic. Look at you. I like it. Have you picked a team yet, though? That's the question. Well, okay, so here's here's where I'm at. Let's talk about this. So I have always been a big Cleveland Indians fan. I fell in love with the Cleveland Indians because uh, I thought that their home, I thought when Jacobs Field was rocking like it was in the mid-90s, it was just such a great venue, and I loved Albert Bell and Roberto Alomar, Manny Ramirez, all those great teams in the mid-90s. And uh, now, I mean, the Indians have, have been good in the last handful of years, obviously World Series appearance back in 2016 when they lost to the Cubs. But that roster has been largely just completely shipped off. I mean, Corey Kluber is no longer there. Francisco Lindor is no longer there. Uh, I mean, pretty much nobody is there anymore. So, uh, and, I, and I don't really like the way that the Indians are operating now. I mean, for a long time, they were a privately held organization. Then they became publicly traded, and then they went back and forth for a while, and they've really just kind of killed their fan base, and they're not investing money in the team. So I, am I allowed to, like, pick a new team? Yes, especially in the National League. So hop on my my Padres bandwagon because we are a small market team that is spending, trying to take down the conglomerate Dodgers, who have the biggest payroll in baseball, and you and I could team up against Riley. They're <laughs> exciting. They have awesome pitchers. They have the most exciting young player in the game, Fernando Tatis Jr. They're fun to watch. they got tons of swagger, and they like to show it. Like They are the most exciting team in baseball. They're really good. And they're like that small market team that is trying to take down Goliath. It's not a bad sales point. I, I my nationally team forever was the Giants because my mom's from the Bay Area. My uncles all grew up Giants fans. I went to Giants games when I was little with my uncle Kelly, and uh, I love Barry Bonds, one of my favorite players of all time. So I, but I, I obviously Game of Shadows, and that was like the first domino to me kind of gravitating away from baseball. So maybe I am in the market for another nationally team. Maybe it will be another one from the NLS. I'll tell you this: it's certainly not the Dodgers. Good, good. <laughs> well, Sean Rainey joining us, SWX Montana Sports Director. We continue our division-by-division division previews here. We're going to dive into the NL East today. So the National League East, uh, Braves were are really exciting. They're a really fun team. They had a great run a year ago, and that, they're kind of the headliners in this division. But, uh, I mean, I mentioned Francisco Lindor. That was probably one of the biggest moves within this division, the, signing the uh, unbelievably talented former Cleveland Indian shortstop. He's now with the the New York Mets, and and obviously the Nationals have been in the mix for a while. Philadelphia has a proud organization. Who knows where the Mar- Marlins are going to go? 
Where, where are we at this division? They'll just give us the overall uh, storylines, the overall just uh, broad preview of what the NL East might look like. I think this division is going is the, the hardest one for me to get a, a handle on, but that's also why I think it's going to be maybe the most entertaining and, uh, you know, hotly debated uh, division out of all of them because you have the, the Braves who have won it the last few years, but then, you know, the Mets got your boy, Francisco Lindor, made some off-season moves. Um, you know, they're projected to, to be right there with the Braves. But then you have the Nationals, who obviously won the World Series a couple years ago. Their, their pitchers are back and healthy as of right now, and Max Scherzer and uh, Steven Strasburg. And so, you know, and, and they have, you know, one of the best young players in the game in Juan Soto. So they're going to be decent. I think the Phillies are going to be better. Um, their bullpen was, like, one of the worst in the majors, like, one of the worst, like, historically of all time in the majors last year. And they brought in some pieces to try to, you know, fix that situation there at the back end of their bullpen. Uh, but they still have a lot of talent. And I think the Marlins have the best starting pitching group out of all of them. And uh, they're projected to finish fifth in the division. So I, I think this division is might be the most competitive from top to bottom, easily in all of baseball, and I'm I'm very excited to see how this division plays out. Let's we'll start with the Braves. They had a great year a year ago. They have some of the most exciting young players uh, in in baseball. Honestly, I I love Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, Freddie Freeman was the MVP a year ago. Uh, they just seem like they're prone to be good, not just now but into the future as well. They have they ha- this has to be a team that has one of the best young cores in the in baseball, right? Um, yeah, their core, some of their core is a little bit like, you know, Freddie Freeman's not getting any younger. Um, obviously still really good. He won the MVP last year, but they also had, they did have career years from a lot of guys last year, which has me a little bit hesitant on like picking the Braves again to win it. Um, like Marcelo Zuna had a career year in a two month season. He's probably not going to back that up. Danby Swanson had a career year. Travis Darno had a career year. Ian Anderson, a young pitcher who I, really like, but he still, you know, came up and was lights out. Um, so they had a bunch of guys as part of their core and their hitters that, that really played above how they, uh, you know, have historically played. Even Freddie Freeman had a career year. So can they all duplicate that again? I don't think so. Their lineup is solid in the kind of the top five, but I think there's a little bit drop off after that. Um, and it's going to come down to, you know, I think the depth in their pitching, um, I, I like, I mean, Max Freed is, is young and, and very good. Mike Soroka's coming back from the Achilles injury. And then you have Ian Anderson. Those three young guys, when, when healthy, um, are going to be pretty good. And then they added a veteran in Charlie Morton who's really solid. And I think, I thought it was a really, really good pickup for them because they needed kind of that, that veteran presence. And their bullpen is, is pretty good and pretty solid as well. So, yeah, they are, they are talented. Are they, are they, uh, you know, flawless. Not at, you know, no. Like the, I think the back end of their their lineup is a little weak. And again, if, if those guys all don't have kind of the career years like they did last year, um, I can see somebody else overtaking them in the division. Sean Rainey joining us, previewing the National League East as part of our division by division previews. We knocked out the AL West and the NL West as well as the American League East last week. So we'll have two more for you before opening day. Opening day, by the way, is on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. ESPN Radio, we will also be carrying a ton 
of Major League Baseball games throughout the year. You're listening to Nuanez now here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sean, I want to ask you about the pitching prospect, uh, Mike Soroka. He was one of the best young pitchers in baseball uh, before then tearing his Achilles. Do we have any idea if he's going to be back this year? If so, how much does that bolster the Braves' rotation? He'll be back. Um, they're just going to, I think, baby him a little bit. I mean, it's going to be a long season. The buildup of pitchers going from you know two months to a full season is going to be tough. So, obviously, Achilles, it was a pretty nasty injury, um, but... You know he he will be back, um, and, and he was really really solid. Um, they kind of him and Max Fried are, are interesting guys as far as like they don't throw terribly hard and they don't get as many like swing and misses as a lot of guys are nowadays. But they don't give up hard contact, and they're both really really good. And so I, I think a healthy Mike Soroka um, that it's a very it's a pretty good pitching staff, probably second in the division I would say up against the Marlins who we might talk about a little bit later. They are, they have a really good young staff. So, no, I mean, the, the Braves are really good. And, and until somebody knocks them off, um, they are they are the division winners, and uh, they have to be, you know, favored going into it. But I, but I do think that there's – I could see any of the other four teams jumping up and, and giving them a real run. The Braves – last question on the Braves. The, the Braves were – one of the most consistent and proud franchises in all of baseball. I mean, from the late 80s through the early 2000s, it was just like the Braves are going to win their division. They're going to be in the playoffs. They might make it to the World Series. They're probably not going to win the World Series. But then they haven't been back to the World Series in more than 20 years. Last year, they were one win away. They were up 3-1 against the Los Angeles Dodgers. They blew that lead, and the Dodgers obviously went on to win the World Championship. So is that something that could haunt this team, or is that something that could motivate this team? I guess, is there a mental block that comes from blowing that National League Championship Series lead last year? Uh, that's a good question. I, 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 I tend to, last year was just such a weird and fluky season that I kind of tend to just throw away most of what happened last year. Um, you know, good and bad. I also say that because the Dodgers won the, won the World Series um, culture, so I'm, I'm going to throw that away because it didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't count. It was a Mickey Mouse year, you know? So, uh, but, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, they, they were up 3-1, and, you know, the Dodgers were the better team last year, and they were able to, to come back and, and, you know, get it done. But, you know, I think the Braves can use that as a, a stepping stone to, I think if they get in that position again, I think it, it, it will hurt. It will help them, not hurt them. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Maybe you're watching in on SWX Montana, or maybe you're listening in, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Let's talk about the Marlins. Uh, they made a couple moves in the offseason, including picking up Sterling Marte, and, uh, or I guess uh, I get, um, they picked up his option, he, he, but they decided to retain him. Um, but where, where, what else did the Marlins do this offseason? Because it seems like they're a team that a lot of people are picking to maybe do a little bit better than last year and, and maybe make a run at you know outside chance at a wild card, or, or, or maybe not. I don't know. I've seen a lot of different uh, opinions on the Marlins. So where are we at with Miami? Well, they're only projected to win 71 and a half games, which I'm working on my, uh, my Make It Rainy MLB Futures podcast right now, and I'm, I, that is my, my favorite team total over-under of the entire Major League season. Like, this, this team, they don't have a ton of hitters. They're, they're going to struggle to score runs. They, they got a bunch of kind of a no-name guys. But they got some young guys that, that could do okay, but, but they're starting rotation. I mean, Pablo Lopez is solid. 
underrated. Sandy Alcantara is really good, could take a next step forward. And then you got Sixto Sanchez, Eliezer Hernandez, and uh, uh, Rogers, who is a young guy who so far in the spring has been striking out two dudes per inning with an ERA of like one. So they're, they're, their front five in the rotation is uh, they're young. They're a bunch of guys that you haven't heard of which is why I think they're going to sneak up on a lot of people this year. And, um, you know, their bullpen is kind of eh, and their hitters are kind of eh. But to me, I think this year, I think starting pitching is going to be going to be crucial. And I think they can piece it together enough where they're going to be close to a 500 team and, and surprise some people uh, in this division for sure. Did the Mets make enough moves to truly move their way back into being a real contender, not only in this division, but in the, in the national league as a, as a whole. I think so. Um, on paper, yes, but they are the Mets and they usually find a way to screw some stuff up and they're already having some health issues with, you know, Carlos Carrasco's elbow is bugging him. I think that their lineup outside of teams from California in the national league and the Dodgers and Padres is probably the best lineup in the National League from the from top to bottom. I, you have you have from from one through eight, they are very solid. Their lineup is really good. You got Brandon Nimmo, who is an on base machine at the top, Jeff McNeil obviously bringing in the door, and then you got the power with Pete Alonzo. And then you got JD Davis and Dominic Smith and James McCann is a good hitting catcher. Like they are uh, Michael Conforto. Like they have a deep lineup. And they're going to be very good. And then obviously they have Jacob DeGrom. Their bullpen um, should be pretty good. Um, you know, Diaz has been known to blow him safe, but actually he did pitch pretty good last year. And they have some other guys in that bullpen that should make that bullpen a lot better. To me, the question mark is the depth of their uh, starting rotation, especially if Carlos Carrasco's out for a while. After DeGrom, I mean, you're, you're hoping that Marcus Stroman is, you know, is good. He sat out all of last year, but... And then you have like Taiwan Walker, Joey Lucchese. Like it gets pretty, it gets pretty uh, questionable after uh, Degrom. Um, and you're hoping that Noah Syndergaard comes back maybe mid-season, but you don't know what he's going to give you coming back from Tommy John. So to me, it's all going to hinge on Carlos Carrasco getting back healthy and uh, the rest of their starting rotation. Not named Jacob Degrom because Jacob Degrom, I think, is the best pitcher in baseball and will win the Cy Young this year. Carlos Carrasco, another guy that was a former Cleveland Indian. Great stuff when he had uh, when he's with the Indians. But we got to talk about my guy Francisco Lindor. He's definitely my favorite Indians player of the last uh, half a dozen years, probably. He's so fun to watch. He has so much fun playing the game. So talented, and I just feel like now that it, it, Mets fans, when they have a great player, sometimes they turn these guys into like superheroes almost. I mean, Matt Harvey's like pretty good, but he became like this superstar uh, during the, his peak with the Mets. And we've seen it over and over again, all the way back to like the 86 Mets that won the World Series, how famous those guys all became. So how do you think Lindor has, will handle the spotlight that he's under? And how a better question, though, I mean, I know you work with the biggest Mets fan I know in, in Vince Bagby, and uh, he must be pretty damn excited to have Francisco Lindor on this squad. I think mostly, I mean, I think he's going to help them a lot defensively. Obviously, you know, his bat and everything like that, but the Mets are not very good defensively. Um, you know, they're playing a lot of guys that are kind of, uh, you know, more offense first. Like Dom Smith is probably going to be their starting left fielder. He's not great defensively. J.D. Davis at third is eh, not that great. Um, and so I think he gives them 
obviously at the shortstop position, which is you know a very important position defensively. I think he, that is where he's going to have the biggest impact for this team because um, Ahmed Rosario struggled defensively kind of at short. Um, and so I, I think Lindor is going to be very solid for them. And, I mean, he struggled at the, at the plate last year, but obviously he has a, a long track record of being one of the best hitting shortstops in this league. But he also, he does, he's got that big smile, that personality. He's going to fit in really well with New York. Um, obviously, you know, they're going to be working on an extension, and it's going to be very curious to see what those numbers are. Um, and that'll be kind of like a looming thing throughout the season. Um, but obviously, like a, when you're getting a player like that, um, it's going to be huge for New York. But like Carlos Carrasco came over in that same deal, and I almost think that Carlos Carrasco might be even more important to this team just because that is the position of need for the New York Mets. Sean Rainey joining us, SWX Montana Television here on Nuanas Now, breaking down the National League East. Let's talk about the Nationals. Steven Strasburg, is he healthy? I mean, that's that's to me one of, if not the biggest questions for this team. So where are we at with Strasburg? Because I know that when he first came in, they started babying him. He's had a hard time, but really ever staying healthy for long periods of time. Well, he's healthy as of now. So he had carpal tunnel, and so he had like a a procedure to help the carpal tunnel in his hand. So he, I guess he like couldn't grip the baseball very well. Um, he looked pretty good this spring, but then had a calf injury. It's always just something with him. Um, but obviously when he's healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Max Scherzer's getting a little long in the tooth. He's gone out with back injuries. And then Patrick Corbin, they kind of like, you know, their, their third of the three headed monster really, really struggled last year. But a lot of people are saying that he, you know, could have a bounce back season. And then if you have those top three starting pitchers and they're all somewhat back to what, you know, they've been in their peak years, then, then Washington will be, you know, contending in this division because when you have Trey Turner and Juan Soto hitting back-to-back in a lineup, I mean, those are two of the most exciting young players in the game as well. I think Juan Soto is going to win the National League MVP. And one of my bold predictions for this uh, division, I think he might contend for the Triple Crown. I think this guy is the best pure hitter in baseball. And he's going to, I think he's going to just, show out this year. He's, he's so much fun to watch. Um, the, their bullpen is a little questionable, and and then the back half of their rotation, if they have any injuries to those top three dudes, it's going to be rough because John Lester is, is washed, and uh, they have Joe Ross, who's eh, like Fetty, and like outside of their top three, it's, it's pretty bad. And so if they have any injuries, they're kind of like the Mets in that situation where, man, their they're starting five looks Pretty pretty rough after the, the top couple guys. I sort of get it, but you can explain it better. But there's a statistic on base plus slugging percentage plus, so OPS plus. And it's sort of this way that they normalize on base plus slugging using factors like ballparks and other external factors. But the reason I bring that up is Juan Soto's OPS plus last year of 212 was the highest in baseball since 2004. And if you take out Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, it's the highest in the last 30 years. And he did that as a 21-slash-22-year-old. So, I mean, first of all, what is OPS plus in more layman's terms? And, I mean, that's just amazing that no one's had those sort of numbers in 25 or 30 years. See, the one that I like to use is WRC plus, which is, like, weighted runs created. So that takes into account – man, I have to look it up. There's so many different – uh, 
measurables now when it comes to like war and creating all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of the, a lot of the experts in the industry kind of, when it comes to strictly offense, they will use the WRC um, plus because that is weighted runs created. So it just takes up everything into account as far as like, you know, how many runs you help your team create offensively. And um, I think he's projected to be the, the top hitter in the national league in that category. Um, I mean, he's just, he just doesn't have a flaw. Like his command of the, the strike zone is so good. He doesn't chase. He doesn't strike out a lot. He'll walk a ton. And then he's got, he's got power. His comp, like a lot of guys, you know, they kind of compare him to as the modern day Ted Williams. Um, just the, wow. one of the best pure hitters that's going to hit. Like this guy has the potential to hit 330 with 35 home runs and 130 RBIs with an on-base percentage of close to 400. Uh, it's not over 400. Like, that's how, that's who this guy is. And if you watch an at-bat of his, it's just so much fun to watch because he's got a ton of uh, personality and swagger, too. Like, he will, when he takes a close pitch, he will, like, stare down the pitcher. He'll do a little crotch grab and, and just, just stare him down. Like, it, it's uh, he's got a ton of personality, and uh, he is just uh, – one of those guys where, like, man, I, you just wish that he was on your team because he is going to give you a quality of bat, you know, 650 times when he comes up to the plate this year. From those pitchers like Noah Syndergaard, Jacob deGrom, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, to a lot of the position players, I mean, Bryce Harper, Ronald Acuna, um, Francisco Lindor. I mean, is this the division that has the most quote-unquote stars in it? Um, um, I, I mean, I think the Padres and the Dodgers combined might have more, um, yeah. just to support. Um, but I mean, Aaron Nola for, for Philly, um, their ace, he is uh, kind of an underrated guy. That's really, really good as well. And then you got Bryce Harper. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stars and a lot of well-known guys, obviously playing in the NL East. There's kind of that like East coast kind of biased so like i think name brand they might this division might have um kind of the most it's a good question i think if you i'd have to like put it down and do a full list but i mean they it's definitely there i mean they're going to be right up there and like i said this division is way more balanced than any in the other like the national league central which we'll get to later on like it might be just as competitive, but that's just because all the teams are bad and not that good. <laughs> this, like, I think all the teams have the, the chance to be to be pretty good. And outside the Dodgers and the Padres and the NOS, like the rest of the three teams are not very good. I think the Giants can be okay, but this is definitely the most competitive. Probably top to bottom has probably the, the you know the best collection of talent than in any other one. Um, but yeah, the Padres and Dodgers though can be pretty close to that. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Previewing the AL and, or excuse me, the National League East here on Nuanez now. And Sean, a couple more questions for you. you. You mentioned one. What what other bold predictions do you have for this division? Well, I, I think that Jacob Degrom is going to win the Cy Young, and I think he might have one of the best historical seasons that we will ever see from a pitcher this year. Um, he was, I mean, he was throwing like 102 in spring training. He's got a nasty slider. I mean, he is just, he is something else. So I think that Degrom will win the Cy Young and have one of the best seasons um, of a pitcher that we've seen in a while. 
And I think Juan Soto will contend for um, the Triple Crown. But and I think the Marlins, the Marlins will um, will be very very good. And I think Sixto Sanchez, their rookie pitcher, will be in the mix for uh, Rookie of the Year in the National League. Um, I'm still I'm going to take the Braves to win the division with the Mets coming in second, and this is just my absolute fear with the way that the baseball playoffs are set up is that my Padres win like 100 games, but the Dodgers win like 103, and then the Padres have to face the Mets, who might win like 90 games, and we'll have to face Jacob DeGrom in a one-game playoff. Like, that is a nightmare scenario, but I think the the Mets are going to make the playoffs as the wild card with the Braves coming out of the division, and I'm going to go Let's go bold. I want to say the Miami Marlins come in third in this division ahead of the Nationals and the Phillies. Love it. Anything else to add? I don't think so. This is just gonna be this is gonna be a really really fun division to watch. Um, I, and the Mets and the Nationals kick things off on Thursday. That's gonna be just just tune into that one just to watch Degrom pitch against Trey Turner and Juan Soto. That is going to be an absolute treat. He's Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. We'll be back tomorrow with more baseball previews as well. Just two more to get to the AL and the NL Central. So we'll have those two for you before the opening day on Thursday. Sean, my man, thanks so much. We'll see you uh, later on this week. But in the meantime, be well, and uh, we'll chat with you tomorrow. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. So you go, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. We'll have two more baseball previews leading up to opening day for baseball on Thursday. If you need any place to watch opening day or you want to watch the NCAA tournament or a combination of, the, of both, Silver Slipper has 55 TVs. They have great drink specials, Tarantino's Pizza. There's nowhere you'd rather be watching your favorite team than at the Silver Slipper. Head on down to Silver Slipper and check out one of Missoula's best-kept secrets today. We're late. Update on Oregon State versus Houston. Preview tomorrow's show right here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Welcome back in. Happy Monday, everybody. It's Nuanez now. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We do this each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula or statewide SWX Montana Television from 4 to 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time right here in the Garden City and around the great state of Montana. Miss anything in the show? Great show for you today. Had Montana Basketball Hour with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. We talked about the deep Montana ties. For Wayne Tickle, Oregon State head coach, as well as Kelvin Sampson, Houston head coach, former Montana Tech head coach, Wayne Tickle, a former Grizz basketball player, as well as the head coach at the University of Montana, Oregon State, and Houston are playing right now in the Elite Eight of the NCAA Tournament. Houston leads Oregon State 30-17 to with about three minutes to go. So Kelvin Sampson trying to get his second Final Four appearance in school history, and Wayne Tickle trying to lead the Oregon State Beavers in the Final Four for the first time in school history. 
Three minutes and counting left in the first half. That game's on uh, CBS right now, so you can check that out. Later tonight, number one, Baylor plays number one, number three, excuse me, Arkansas. Uh, Montana basketball also had a pretty in-depth discussion about the NCAA transfer portal. 36 players and counting from the Big Sky Conference, including the Big Sky MVP, Tanner Groves from Eastern Washington, the preseason Big Sky MVP, Jacob Davison from Eastern Washington, as well as Tanner's brother, Jacob Groves, as well as the top reserve in the league, Tyler Robertson, all from Eastern Washington. So six Eagles total, 36 players in the big sky. And uh, like we said in the segment, it's only the beginning, unfortunately. Lady Grizz have a national coaching search, so we also talked uh, Lady Grizz and some of their potential options. Linnell Martin Jr., newest Grizz men's basketball recruit, he joined us. He is a junior college transfer from Ontario, J.C., and uh, he's got a game tomorrow night, but he'll be up in Missoula a little later on in 2021. So it's good to catch up with Linnell. And then we also continued Major League Baseball division-by-division previews. Talked about the National League East. So we got the AL Central and the NL Central the next two days with Sean Rady from SWX Montana Television. So we'll get those all busted out as well, leading up to opening day on Thursday. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, I'm going to tell you more about this tomorrow. I've told you about it already, but remember, tomorrow I'll tell you more. But remember, we're having an essay writing contest over the next three weeks. Want to hear your best football memories from the state of Montana? Grizz, Bobcats, high school, you, whatever. If you have a football memory from the state of Montana, write me a little essay. It's just got to be a couple hundred words. You know, let's just say five paragraphs about your favorite um, football memory. Or you know, just however long you want to make it. Just just jot down some thoughts. You know, a couple sentences. Give me some thoughts on your favorite Football memory, the winner is going to take home our Grizz Greats custom-made painting. It's a painting of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson at the base of Mount Zeno. Really cool piece of art, really unique piece of art. So please make sure to submit your essays. We're going to give it away on April 16th. So we got, uh, that's, that's a little bit less than three weeks away. That will be, um, I guess it'll be the third Friday in April. So... Uh, we'll look forward to that. I'll look forward to... Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 